0: Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Fight, fight, yeah. fight, 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 fight. And now. The time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start things off with headlines and hot takes. First headline, happy birthday to one of my favorite fighters ever, UFC Hall of Famer, former WEC champion, Uriah, the California kid favorite. Well, not much of a kid anymore as he celebrating his 40th trip around the sun on May 14th with his girlfriend and beautiful little baby girl. In an Instagram post, he teased the idea of fighting again on the UFC's upcoming card in Sacramento, California, his hometown. A Team Alpha standout and former Bantamweight weight champ Cody No Love had a priceless reply to this post. He commented, bro, you're 40. Happy birthday. <laughs> Hopefully the people around him, including the ladies in his life, will reason with favor and keep him cheering outside the cage instead of competing inside of it someone i hope retires after his last performance is another one of my all-time favorites anderson the spider silver he suffered a stoppage due to a knee injury from leg kicks by jerry near last week and on monday he said in an instagram post and i quote until the limit pain is your friend it shows you you're not dead yet they say that great symbols become great targets, perhaps. But the most important thing is not to victimize yourself. If you fail, get up. If it's broken, fix it. No giving up or thinking that you can't because you lost a battle. There's one saying, I will go until the end. And the more they pressure me, the more I will want to go until the end. There's nothing wild that feels sorry for itself. An old lion surrounded by hungry hyenas, crazy to devour him. And he still fights to the death without ever feeling sorry for himself. And I won't be different. Strength and honor. End quote. Now, in a post on Thursday, his tone changed just a little bit because he's questioning If his love for the game, whether or not it's consuming his mind and his body, doesn't know if he should continue to push past the pain and try to rebuild again, we know he suffered a gruesome, horrific leg injury a couple years ago versus Chris Weidman now this is not as bad but still to go through the pain of rehab now at 44 years of age probably won't be ready to fight again until the end of this year so you'll be closer to 45 (sighs) yeah I mean I, I just don't know for years on top of this his children have been asking him to stop especially after that leg injury he's not getting knocked out but he is not competing anywhere near the level he did 5 years ago there was talk that he wanted to extend his current contract I really hope that the time off leads him to make the decision to give himself full time to the next chapter in his life wanna salute Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard man These matchmakers have been putting in work the past week. In the Fight Nights update, I told you about Diaz versus Pettis. And Ferguson versus Cerrone. Now add Holloway versus Edgar to the list. That one is latest headline UFC 240 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada for Holloway's featherweight title. The great white north has been kind to Holloway, who looks to bounce back from a loss in his last bout where he sought to become the UFC's interim lightweight champion. But how will his body react to dropping another 10 pounds down for this fight? The last time he was slated to face Edgar, an injury forced him off that card. Will this matchup be another habib ferguson where it keeps getting made but never comes to fruition now someone who is in the mix of the featherweight title is alexander volkanovsky and he leads off the prayer list for this week after his win last week over aldo he thought for sure he was next up for the title but he couldn't even enjoy that win over aldo much less do anything else not only is he not up next for the title but he had to get off of his plane flying from brazil back to australia get off in chile and go to the hospital because he had a blood infection his friends moved their wedding date from last week to this week so that he could be in the wedding I pray that he is well and well enough to make their special day as he was still hospitalized as of Thursday. I am praying. Oh, I have been. And just seeing the information reminds me of all the things that they went through. And my needs continue to be praying for them. But praying for Rachel Ostovich, her daughter, Ruby Rose and her soon-to-be ex-husband, Arnold Burdon. They were involved in a domestic dispute back in November. And if you don't remember about it, this incident was so dire for Rachel that she jumped from her balcony to the ground and ran naked to her sister-in-law's apartment to escape the abuse that he was inflicting on her she recently filed for divorce as I stated he's her soon-to-be ex-husband and within that case Arnold was granted supervised visits of their daughter they were in court recently for the sentencing regarding this domestic case and the judge gave him probation now I don't know if he had a record before this or if it was just the statements that he made About being remorseful and and really hating uh, what he did Uh, the fact that there was alcohol involved I I don't know what led to this being just probation but that's what he got and actually uh, some of the time that he served uh, due to this was credited towards his account regardless of what was involved there is no excuse for what happened I mean he beat her so bad it was thought that she had a orbital fraction. She was coughing up blood. And again, to save her life, she fled her home without a stitch of clothing on. That's I mean, It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And you don't get over stuff like that, like, in a couple days or a couple months. So, definitely praying for her definitely praying for her daughter and praying for him because it's a bad situation for him as well losing everything because of his silly mistakes up next some sweet science conversation and the old one too What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Damo, from the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, here to tell you about the most dangerous wrestling podcast around, The Outsider's Edge, hosted by myself, my homie, Jay Kells, and my homie, Sam Blackwell, bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of pro wrestling. So no matter what device you're using, what platform you're on, we've got something for you. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, the Anchor app, or Spotify. Whatever device you're using, whatever platform of your choice, look us up at MTMV Sports, My Team, My Voice, Sports Podcast Network, and look up The Outsider's Edge. And if you don't, we hitting you with a bionic elbow out this mug. Yeah. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one 2 Mikey Garcia and Danny Garcia are being targeted for an August 31st fight live on pay-per-view. Why? I don't get that one. I mean, Spence has already proved that Mikey is too little for welterweight, which is where this fight will be contested. And I'm sorry, it's just not a pay-per-view fight. It may draw a bit because it's Mexico versus Puerto Rico, but it'd be much better suited for Showtime or Fox or some outlet of that nature. If Mikey's looking for some new challenges, why not go up to super lightweight and fake someone like Gary Russell Jr. or Leo Santa Cruz or Regis uh, Grace? I don't get it. I mean, I guess there's money to be made. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it, but it doesn't seem as if it's enough money to be made to be doing this on pay-per-view. Now, one thing that I am sure of is that Canelo dodged a bullet this week as his quest to unify the middleweight titles could have been prolonged with a mandatory defense of his IBF title. The International Boxing Federation came back and was like, whoops, <laughs> my bad. You don't have to do that. Because he holds the WBA, WBC, and aforementioned IBF titles, the mandatory challenger rotates between the organizations. The IBF thought it was their turn, but they were wrong. So possible disaster avoided. The sanctioning body with the next mandatory challenger for Canelo is the WBC, and their tribute would be interim champ Jamal Charlo. Now that's a much more notable matchup than the 13-1 Derevyanchenko. Our televised bouts for the week, on Friday, coming from Belfast Northern Ireland on ESPN Plus. You have Ryan Burnett versus Gilbert Gomera. That's a 12-round junior featherweight bout. On Saturday, you have fights on three different platforms. You got Zone, ESPN Plus, and Showtime on the Zone from Glasgow, Scotland. Ivan Baranchek, who's ranked number five, will be facing Josh Taylor at, at number two. In a 12-round junior welterweight bout for checks IBF title. This is a World Boxing Super Series semifinal. Finally, no pun intended, we've got the World Boxing Super Series back in effect. They had uh, some fights a couple weeks back, and they're back at it again. Uh, also on this card, you have Emmanuel Rodriguez, who's ranked number three, versus nail you nail in yeah, a way who is the number one ranked bantamweight and number seven pound for pound overall they will be fighting for the vacant ring bantamweight title and Rodriguez's IBF title that's also a world boxing super series semifinal on ESPN plus number three ranked Middleweight, Billy Joe Saunders faces She Isifu I'm sorry is Sufi in a 12 round bout. This is the first fight for Saunders in 2015. At a tune-up in December after he was stripped of the WBO title that he was set to defend versus Demetrius Andras. I think he said he surrendered it. I forget. Either way it goes. He doesn't have a title anymore. And uh, he's fighting again. I guess hopefully to get some notoriety. And get back in there. With some of the bigger names. At middleweight. Now the biggest boxing match. This weekend. Is definitely in Brooklyn. And on Showtime. WBC heavyweight. Heavyweight title is on the line and it, uh, it pits Deontay the bronze bomber Wilder who's ranked number three overall versus Dominic Trouble Brazil this isn't the first time they fought but it will be the first sanctioned fight that they've had. See, back in 2017 fresh off of a loss to AJ Brazil was on a card headlined by Wilder in his native land of Birmingham, Alabama Trouble allegedly started some trouble by saying he would kill Wilder and his children. Wilder took the bomb squad to the hotel and a fracas ensued in the lobby. Dominic feels disrespected because it came after him while he was with his wife and kids. Wilder is still enraged and has intimated that he is going to literally kill Brazil in the ring during the fight and... In a number of the interviews he's had over the past couple days, the WBC is not taking kindly to this and will hold a hearing regarding his statements after the fight. In the last press conference, Deontay toned it down a bit and just said that he was looking to hurt him and make him pay for threatening his family because he doesn't take threats uh, lightly plans on boxing him and letting the KO come uh, when he wants it to. At least that's what he was saying as he was uh, talking with Max Kellerman on on Max on Boxing just this week as well. Dominic is also looking to make LeBron's bomber pay and his style is one that can give Wilder some fits as he's constantly moving forward and Wilder has trouble fighting uh, backing up unfortunately Dominic eats some shots when he's coming in and Wilder's unorthodox style and odd angles can catch anyone with a shot that they don't see if that happens Wilder's trouble will be over another WBC title that's on the line on this card in the Colt main is the WBC featherweight title held by Gary Russell Jr he puts it on the line versus Kiko Martinez Mr. Gary Russell Jr the champ is making his annual appearance and said until some of these other champs in his weight class step up to face him he's going to continue this rhythm Uh, and this has been going on since the close of 2014 that was the last year that he faced more than one opponent in a year he faced three including a one and one Vasily Lomachenko who won the vacant WBO version of the title that Russell currently holds Kiko's fast and he's athletic but Gary feels that his hands are just way too fast and the skills are too sharp for the Spaniard. time to step out of the squared circle and between the ropes and into the crowd and after this break fight fans we'll dive into one championship enter the dragon want to stay up to date with the baseball listen to bronx bombers beat with me nate shelton every monday right here on mtmv sports fans rejoice my team my voice I'm coming in. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Cordova from the Exiles, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. One championship into the dragon takes place in Singapore Indoor Stadium. In the first notable fight of the main card, you have former flyweight champion, 11-7, Hey Gravity Eustachio versus 9-2, Q Sung Kim, and it's a flyweight matchup. Gravity's 3-2 in his last five, including losing not only the fight, but his belt in the last outing. The Lakai rep looks to get back in the win column and get back to his belt. Kim's 4 and 1 over his last five fights, including his last two where he's finished his opponents by strikes. 11 and 5, Amir Khan faces off against 7 and 1, Sagid Dagi Arslan Aliyev. This is the Voices Marquee matchup. Amir Khan was given a gift in this fight he's lost three of his last five including two in a row and not only is he back in the lightweight Grand Prix but he is in the semifinals because the person who knocked him out in the quarterfinals Ariel Sexton pulled out of this fight due to injury he's gonna face the person that the one championship president has called the dark horse in the Grand Prix now, when I saw Doggy's name being on the car, I immediately said, This is going to be the marquee matching. My youngest son was in earshot when I said this, and he was like, Well, Daddy, why? Then I showed him some highlights, and I was like, I told you he was a beast. He was like, No, he's not a beast. He's a monster, an absolute monster. I mean, Doggy's got wrestling, submissions, a ferocious motor, and striking prowess. He can do it all and is super scary. If you're not up when this fight takes place, check the socials because I believe it's going to be a highlight, real finish in this fight. Now, Khan is grateful for the opportunity as it came in about two weeks' notice. He's got the advantage of fighting at home, but will it be enough to overcome the monsoon that's doggy? another very notable fight which would have been the voice marking matchup had I not seen it doggy was on the card is a fight between 11-2 Super Sage Northcut and 7-1 and Cosmo good boy Alexandre at Lightweight Sage is 4 and 1 in his last five fights, where Cosmo has only lost once in MMA. The majority of Good Boy's fights have been in Muay Thai, a discipline that he has fought in under the one banner in the recent past. This is Northcutt's one championship debut. He was a poster boy for Dana White's looking for a fight, and because of that, competed primarily in the UFC. He said that he joined One Championship for the opportunities that they have. It's been rumored that he's going to have his own reality show on Turner Network, who broadcasts uh, for One Championship in the U.S. One also has his own film studio and will announce its first movie next month. The Hollywood looks and respectable nature of Sage make him a perfect fit for One Championship. Has his MMA game improved enough under the tutelage of Uriah Faber and those at Team Alpha to get him to the championship level is the question. Now, one does have the luxury and the roster to bring him along slowly. Something that the UFC really wasn't equipped to do. Cosmo is no slouch though. His only MMA loss was in his first fight and he started with Bellator back in the tournament days. He was able to get that one back in his sixth and final fight for the organization. Now, he's used to fighting because he fights all the time as far as Muay Thai is concerned. Uh, And he said he's been training for this fight, but it's been about three years since his last MMA bout. Fortunately, Sage is also a stand-up fighter, so this one could be full of fireworks and something that's not too outside of the ordinary for Alessandre as the threat of a ground attack is slim to know. there are a couple kickboxing matches because of course one uh, does mixed cards so there's a couple kickboxing matches and then the main event pits 43 and 8 one championship lightweight title Shinya tobikan Judon aoki against 11 and 3 the warrior christian lee with the strap on the line this is a very interesting matchup as both men have knowledge of each other they both train at evolve mma though they haven't been in the same session in some years why would one put this fight on i mean this is one championship it's all about respect these are teammates Why would they do this? Especially seeing as the camp that they train out of, Evolve MMA, is owned by the president of one championship. This is Shenya's first title defense. Why is this happening? It's happening because Aoki asked for it. He said he wanted to fight a young lion, someone who would challenge him. He didn't want to face a vet. He wanted a young up-and-comer. And Christian Lee was the first person that came to his mind. Aoki feels that the warrior is not only the best prospect in Asia, but the best prospect in the world. And he's willing to challenge himself on Lee's home turf. In Singapore. Both men have great respect for one another and plan on implementing their techniques to see who's the better martial artist. Outside of a disqualification, Lee has lost twice. And both of those are to the featherweight champion, Martin UN, the last time the belt was on the line. Will the lessons he learned in his last shot at gold get him over the hump this time? We'll find out when the pin drops cage door locks, the thumbs go up and they start the clock. Let's take a pause for the calls and when I come back I'll preview UFC Rochester. Mic check 1212 it's your man J Kells representing my team, my voice and I'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet Star Talk, where we talk everything about your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, every Saturday night right here on Anchor. My team, my voice. Yo, 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 this your boy E-Hud, God's MC, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Peace. The Octagon sets up shop at the Blue Cross Arena in The Rock, Rochester, New York. The main card kicks off with a fight that's surrounded with a bit of mystery. In it, you have 10-2 Austin Thud Hubbard versus 9-2 Davi, the Tasmanian Devil, Hamosh, and it's at lightweight. Thud is one of two LFA champions making the UFC debut on the card. Austin has won half of his fights by stoppage, including his last fight where he picked up the LFA lightweight championship. Many of those stoppages were early in his career, and normally that's against novice-level competition. Davi, on the other hand, is coming into his fifth fight with the UFC, and his first professional loss was a Caveman Rickles in Bellator, so he's got plenty of Big Show experience, with victories in four of his last five fights, including a three-fight rear naked choke streak. Austin better protect his neck. Will the octagon jitters be too much for Hubbard, or will he get the biggest win of his career? Next fight, you have 26 and 8 Charles DuBronx Oliveira versus 39 and 2. Nick, the Carney Lentz DuBronx is 4 and 1 over his last five fights, and he hasn't been to the judges in nearly five years. In the vast majority of his fights, The judges are just paid bystanders As the BJJ black belt Employs his skills To tap out the opponents This is the third time In eight years that these two Will face each other The first time they fought It was ruled a no contest due to an illegal need Second time Lentz got caught in a guillotine The Courtney's 3-2 in his last five uh, Including a win Over Hot Sauce Holtzman In his last bout Nick is a known grinder but he knows based on getting caught in that guillotine last time that he's got to keep this fight upright if he wants to even the score next up is a welterweight bout where 24 and 10 Derek D-Rock Krantz faces 15 6 and 1 Vicente the silent assassin Luque D-Rock is making his UFC debut, stepping in for Neil Magny, who's pulled due to a p- potential USADA violation. He's been fighting for over 10 years, D-Rock has, and he's got some big show experience in Bellator. The former LFA welterweight champ looks to add to his four-fight winning streak against someone who also has a four-fight winning streak going into this matchup, being the Silent Assassin. There are two noticeable differences, though, in their record. The last eight of Luque's wins have been by stoppage, and he's done it on the highest level in the UFC. Luque is right on the cusp of contendership, and he hoped to be in the mix had he beaten the more established Magni who he was scheduled to face originally. A loss or a lackluster performance keeps Luke on the outside looking in. Next fight on the card, you have 8-3 Megan Anderson versus 6-0 Felicia the Phenom Spencer at Featherweight. This is a battle of former Invicta Featherweight champions. To my knowledge, Chris Cyborg is the only other Invicta featherweight champion. All of the Phenom's professional fights have previously been under the Invicta banner. She's making her UFC debut with a 66% finishing rate, including her last fight where she gained a vacant title, uh, the title that was vacated by Anderson. Now she's vacating that same belt to face Anderson on the biggest stage in her career. Megan left her homeland of Australia and has been training at Glory MMA under the James Krause since the loss to Cindy Dandois in 2015. Anderson supposedly comes into fight camp about 25 pounds above the 145 pound limit. And it looks like she's got her grown woman weight on now. At least that's what it looks like to me. Will she be too depleted to be victorious? Because she really needs a strong showing after losing to Holly Holm in her UFC debut and then winning a controversial stoppage over Kat Zingano her last time out. Whoever the victor is in this fight very well, could face Amanda Nunez if and when she comes back up to 145 to defend that title. In the co main event, you have 10 and 2 Shoeface Antonio Carlos Jr. facing 12 and 1 in the Hurricane Heinish at middleweight, and this is the Voices Marquee matchup. Shoeface has won his last five fights in a row stopping four of them with a rear naked choke the tough Brazil alum and BJJ Black Belt has won all but one of his fights in the UFC by RNC that clearly spells out the game plan that he has for this fight the hurricane is four and one of his last five fights that one loss is his only blemish and unfortunately, it was via an armbar, which opens up the door for Shoe Face. Three of his four wins have come by strikes. And fortunately, though, he does have some high-level jiu-jitsu submissions on his record, finishing one opponent by an Americana and another one by a shoulder lock. He will need these skills if this hits the ground so that he can get back to his feet where his chances for winning are much greater. Ian turned his life around and went from being an international drug dealer to a man proudly professing his faith in Jesus. That same faith kept him alive in prison when an order was given to kill him on sight. But he received parole during that night and had no contact with anyone who could do him harm. His story and his fighting style make him must-watch TV. Shoeface has been phenomenal in his UFC career, and that's why this is The Voices' marquee matchup. In the main event, we have a welterweight bout between 28 and 11. Former lightweight champ Rafael Dos Anjos versus 17 and 4, Kevin, the Motown Phenom Lee, RDA's back is against the wall as he lost to the current champ and the next title challenger in his last two bouts. RDA has challenged for the interim welterweight title and he also held the lightweight title about four years ago. With an infinite home, for the first time in a decade, there's an additional fire that's been lit under him. And he hopes that this fuel will propel him to a victory. He mentioned that in his first fight at 170 pounds versus Nordin Taleb, he felt a little off in his body. Now that's an important statement because this is Lee's first fight at welterweight. Because Lee does not have to shred an additional 15 pounds, the Motown Phenom said that he's feeling energized. Said that at least half of his camps previously was spent cutting weight. Now he has the energy to push harder in training. He says he's going to use that energy to come forward and push the pace, staying in RDA's face for the full 25 minutes. He expects it to be a fight of the night kind of bloodbath affair. Now RDA is known for his cardio. So Lee would need to have a performance like never before to break him in this fashion. At welterweight, he feels capable of doing so. There's been a lot of talk about both fighters cutting down to 165 pounds for this fight. I don't think they'll do it, but I wish they would. If they did, the winner could call themselves the champion at this weight class and put even more pressure On the UFC to do the inevitable. Up next, the official results. This has been episode 91 of the MTMV main card, and if the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. On the regional scene, you've got Cage Fury Fighting Championship. On Fight Pass this Friday. KSW has a card on Saturday afternoon, stateside on the zone. And not regional, but before our next podcast, the PFL will have their second card of the season. And this card will feature featherweights as well as lightweights. Make sure you tell a friend about MTMV Sports. Subscribe to and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you don't have an Apple, we're also on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, PodCoin, and of course, Anchor.fm. We'd love to interact with you. So, you can leave a voice message via Anchor, or you can hit us on the socials. It uh, doesn't matter the social platform, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. The handle is the same. MTMV Sports across them all sports fans rejoice my team my voice until next time it's your man the voice host of the mtmv main card and i'm sounding off